If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam, we're almost going to start today with a little football. There's a man named Telvin Smith who says, I don't think I want to play this year. I'm going to take a break. I was thinking the same thing, so I'm going to let you do the show. Bye now. Okay. See ya. Mom, Could you imagine? A break too. Yeah. <laughs> no show they were both breaking. How do you do that? And how do you not tell your team beforehand? I mean, look, you don't, you don't know what's going through his mind. You don't know what he's dealing with. And, you know, this is a game that you have to have the desire to play. So maybe he just said you know what i just don't i'm not into it i mean that's it's any sport anything you do you got to be into it so if you have any indecision on your part it's best to, to not play i think i can live with that answer i really could if the jacksonville jaguars knew about this before could have drafted accordingly because i think you're leaving your team in a bind and if this happens to one guy maybe there have to be provisions in future contracts to prevent this Maybe he didn't, you know, I don't know what the whole situation is, but maybe he really didn't know um, until now. Maybe it was on his mind and, you know, he went back and forth and said, no, I'm going to do it. And then just decided, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm not going to play. I'm just not into it. So, uh, and you don't know what's going on in his personal life. He might be going through a lot. I mean, I haven't seen any details about any issues that he's dealing with, but there's got to be something going on here. So you're the team. Do you cut him? I mean, do you hold him? I mean, what do you do? You gave him $45 million on a four-year deal, and you're in the third year of it. Uh, that's something that they have to figure out. I guess you probably wait it out. You know, he could change his mind. Maybe he's going with a, 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 through a personal issue that's really severe, and maybe it's something he can get past uh, over the next month. So uh, I think you probably wait it out. I mean, look, I wish the guy well. I do. I wish the guy well, and I hope he gets whatever help he needs, okay? But I just look at this and I say, we can't start having all players do this without warning. It's just not good for business. Well, at the same time, an NFL team could cut these guys anytime they want. So how do you provide against that? You know, I guess it always works in the favor of the employer. So an employee should be able to say, can break their contract as easily as an NFL can cut you. I mean, if he, if he doesn't have the heart desire to play and there's something going on, you wouldn't want him there anyway. 
right? I mean, well, that's true. Right. Then that's true. Right. If, you, if you're not ready to play for me, then I might as well cut you and uh, I'll get as much. I recruit as much money or, as, I, as I can. Look, what I if, think we've got. Look, I don't know what the issue is, but I recently watched the junior sale 30 for 30, man. And yeah. you just don't know what these guys are going through. I mean, look at junior sale. He was bubbly. He, was, he had a great personality. Everyone loved him and he looked happy all the time. You're like, oh, this guy's great. He's living life. You know, he's, he's uh, one of the top linebackers. And look what he was going through, man. I mean, so you just don't know exactly what's going on. That's why it's always tough to speculate. Um, I'm sure it'll come out at some point. But, you know, maybe there there's some uh, health issue here. Was that on recently, the 30 for 30? I don't know I if it was it. on. Re I think I, re I saw it was on. I was like, I don't remember seeing this. So I DVR'd yeah. it. And what's I it called? It. Uh, I don't know the title. But, yeah, I never saw it. And I was like, okay, let me check this out. And it's just, it's just sad, man. Like what happened to him, you know, and he just was depressed and, you know, he shot himself in the chest so they could have his brain to look at. And, uh, that was know. pretty amazing that he even thought about that, but he did think about that. Yeah. And remember also too, like a couple of weeks before he drove off the road. Right. I didn't, I, I guess I forgot that. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Check it out. I mean, that's. That's why, man, you know, everyone thinks it's all glory and everything's positive, but a lot of these guys have severe head trauma and the concussions, and it just affects uh, them no matter what, that they just go through major depression. So speaking of a couple of guys who are no longer uh, with teams anymore, uh, the Seattle Seahawks cut ties with Cam Chancellor and Doug Baldwin. I think that these, these were not unexpected, but still you're talking about an end of an era. Yeah, I think we all knew this is what ha was happening with Doug Baldwin. We heard the whispers and the murmurs a couple weeks ago, and it's real unfortunate because Doug Baldwin was a hell of a football player. You just sharp cuts, always found a way to get open, had a good rapport with Russell Wilson, and he was a guy that, especially, well, last year before we had the injury news, like, I wanted Doug Baldwin on all my teams. I'm like, this guy's going to have a huge year. And then, obviously, the news came out, and I backed off. So I don't think I had him in too many leagues. But in years past, I had him. You know, he was always someone – that put up solid numbers, and even though it was an offense that didn't pass a lot, uh, Baldwin was a good player. So it's unfortunate for him that his career has to end this way. Uh, it doesn't look like he's going to be able to play anymore with these uh, knee injuries. Baldwin cost a lot of people fantasy championships last year. He was going at the end of the second round, early third round. People really liked him. And this was before we knew that Seattle wasn't throwing the ball. We thought, oh, Baldwin's a great guy in fantasy. And he ended up hurting a lot of teams. Yeah, and you know, I backed off uh, because I was in that area where I was taking him. And then when that news came out, I said, eh, I'm going to have to just drop him down a little bit. And, you know, it's a lesson. You know, we've seen players where they have an injury going into the year and they can come back and work out. But I think more often than not, if you fade those players, you're going to wind up winning in the end because we all think, oh, it's a bargain. He fell to the third, fourth round. But it's football, man, and with health, I mean, we've seen it in baseball, but especially in football, man, you're, you're better off kind of letting someone else deal with it. Yeah, no, I mean, Baldwin was, go was going anywhere from, like, if you were the fourth pick in the draft, you could get him in the second round, and he was going around the turn. It, it, a lot of people, I mean, I know our friend Joey Brown really liked Baldwin, and you had to be astute to that point like you were. But right now in Seattle, DK Metcalf in our uh, Dynasty League uh, redrafts, he is the his average position is seven. He went as high as one Ronas and as low as twelve in a first round. Do you like Metcalf as an immediate replacement next year for Baldwin? Uh, I think in this offense, there's 
room for him to produce. Obviously, it's still not a team that passes a lot, and I don't understand why. If you're going to invest all that money in Russell Wilson, why isn't the ball in his hands more? But it seems like they're still going to be the same. We want to run the football. But what it does do is I think Metcalf fits in that Russell Wilson's good taking shots down the field, and that's where Metcalf can come in. So I think he can be a big play threat. I don't think you're going to get a ton of receptions, but I think you'll see big plays, kind of similar to what Tyler Lockett has done over the last two years. You know, Lockett was just so efficient last year. He just seemed to score a touchdown all the time. I think Russell Wilson had a perfect passer rating when throwing to him last year. Uh, it was amazing. That Baldwin scored 10 touchdowns on 57 receptions. I mean, that Lockett did. Uh, and, I, you know, Lockett should get a big boost here, too. Do you? Th- I was. I was just. That was my next question to you. Do you think Lockett becomes? I don't know. A fourth round pick. When would you take Tyler Lockett? Uh probably in that range. I haven't really looked at ADP or done any drafts yet, but I would think that's where he goes. I think he people are going to start looking at him as a wide receiver too. Uh, but my problem he, is the number of receptions. He's probably not going to have eighty receptions. You're probably looking at maybe sixty-five to seventy. I think it could be more. He had 71 targets last year over 16 games, and that was with Baldwin. That's not a lot, but right. I I think it's got to go up, though. I think it's got to go up. How many games did he have more than five receptions last year? Probably not a lot. But again, I think Baldwin was there. I know Baldwin missed some time, but I got to think that that number goes up. I mean, look how efficient he was. So even if he just gets 20, 25 more targets, yeah, the touchdowns are going to come down. I don't think he's going to score 10 again. But that, it's, it's weird with Russell Wilson because you look at his pass attempts and the touchdowns every year, and you're like, how does this happen year after year? And it just does. Well, to the answer to the original question was he had no games of more than five targets. But you're, you're right. Look, I like David Moore. I think David Moore was very interesting to me last year, especially in the red zone. Didn't he go through a period where it seemed like he was catching a touchdown almost every week? I know he only had five, but it felt like more. Uh, but I, I think this team is kind of a mess here now. I think you've got Lockett and Metcalf and Moore, and you, you want to run the ball, but you're, you're also missing you know, Cam Chancellor now in the back end. You got rid of uh, Frank Clark. I, I mean, I, I know Seattle's trying to rebuild, but I think this, this team is going to have a, a down year this year. We said that last year, and they were competitive. I think everyone was like, oh, this team's not going to be any good, and they found a way to get it done. I think when you have Russell Wilson, you're going to be competitive. I know the defense played a lot better than we thought, and they've lost a lot over the years, so really it's going to be how they rebuild that defense. But I think the offense is going to be fine. I really do. I mean, you got Carson, you got Penny. I mean, Penny looked good when he got the opportunity, and even without Baldwin, you lock it. Uh, They're going to have to get Metcalf involved pretty quickly, so the wide receiver depth takes a little bit of hit. They really haven't used their tight end much anyway. Uh, so I, I still think for fantasy purposes, they're going to be fine. It's actually probably a good thing that they don't have all that depth because we know where the ball's going. Well, you would argue if Russell Wilson wasn't, wasn't on this team, this team would be 3-13. and 13. Oh, yeah. There's no question about it. I mean, Russell Wilson has bailed him out behind bad offensive lines. He has the ability to scramble and throw the ball down the field. So, yeah, it's, it's about Russell Wilson here uh, with this team. You know, it's fun. When we talk about MVPs, right? In some ways, Russell Wilson needs to be an MVP because, they, like I said, if they didn't have him, this team's 3-13. and 13. He could be the most valuable player on his team. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, you need the stats, too, uh, in order to get voted in, and he's never going to put up, based on, unless they change the offensive philosophy, he's just not going to put up enough to get MVP 
consideration unless somehow the team goes 13 and three and he puts up like 36 touchdowns by the way i don't know if did you see this at uh, on uh, on twitter our uh, boss's son ian richie jr committed to oregon state did you see that i did uh, i remember when i saw ian in vegas for the fantasy football world championships he was telling me about his son and how good he was and uh you know that's he was very proud and you should be man uh baseball is a tough sport so to get a uh, commitment there uh, I think, is he a freshman or sophomore? He's a freshman. He's the number yeah. 10 overall pitcher, right-hand pitcher in, in, in America. And from what I understand, he turned down a scholarship at Stanford. Yeah. Because so, he liked uh, Oregon State more. That's a nice option to have as a freshman, man. Jeez. <laughs> you did that wrong. Since you turned down Stanford. Yeah, I turned the, down a lot of people. So and then yeah. uh, I lost like 200 pounds. And I was like, I guess I can't pitch no more. <laughs> yeah, your career is done. But I think that he's 6'2", 180. And the number one pitcher in the state of Washington. Yeah, it's a hell of an accomplishment, man. Yeah. Could you imagine being that good at anything, Adam? Yes. Yeah, I guess I think you're pretty, 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 pretty cool. I mean, my son plays tennis, but he's not that good. He's good, but he's not that good. Not going to Oregon State good. Yeah, now uh, I guess that would ease your mind knowing, okay, I got a scholarship. Just probably still feel you have a lot to prove. People look at those rankings, even though... It's kind of difficult, you know, to rank state to state, a lot of its reputation, but I'm sure that is something that's a driving force that he wants to remain number one. And you just want to keep getting better, especially at that point. You have to have some type of design on a, on a pro career. Doesn't it seem weird to you that a kid is getting a, um, a commitment at, uh, at 15 years old? It is, but it seems like it's happening a little bit more. You know, I'm not up on the high school recruitment as much as I used to. I covered high school sports for a long time. Uh, but I have seen it seems like some of these uh, guys are signing a little bit earlier and certainly a, a risk with a, a young pitcher, too. But there uh, must be a lot of talent there. Remember Brian Taylor? Yes, I do. The right. greatest pitcher never to pitch for the New York Yankees? Look, pitching and especially baseball, very difficult, man. It is just like the hardest sport. And you see a lot of players that just drafted early, never even touch a major league field. It's so difficult. All right, so I'm looking here. I'm, I'm on this uh, Twitter right now, and I'm seeing a spoiler alert by a guy named NFL Insider Leroy. Okay? I don't know if you saw this already. I saw it earlier, yeah. I don't know who that is. I don't know if there's any credibility. He's got 29,000 followers, Rona. So, I mean, he's only following one person. Okay? Uh, hearing Bills running back LaShawn McCoy will be re released by the Bills as early as today. When you – look – what do you do when you see a report like this? Where, do you think people just do this to get attention on, on social media? I mean, is it that pathetic that people have to do that, that they're sending out misinformation? Do they just want to rile people up? Now, look, if it's credible, I'm all for it. I want to hear it. But, I mean, is, how do you know what's credible and what's not in social media? Uh, I mean, I never heard of the guy, so I'm not going to report it or talk about it right now. Um, and if it turns out to be true, sure, he'll get credit. And you never know these days. You know, people do know people. Maybe he's a friend of McCoy or knows his agent or something and has some intel. It's certainly possible. But, you know, unless you see it from, like, Schefter or someone, it's hard to to report that and because it could be smoke. Right. I mean, I don't know. It's like I just feel like sometimes you see these reports and I never know, especially with training camp. Right. When tra I guess I'm talking about this because when training camp starts with with NFL teams, well, who, who's saying this and who's saying this? How do you know what to win or away and what to listen to and what not to? I mean, based on credibility and 
you know, people that have a track record of breaking stuff uh, that they, you just kind of have to wait until someone credible reports it. Would it make sense to you for the bills? Let's just say it's true. Makes sense to you that the bills cut McCoy? I mean, save the money. You go Gore, Yeldon, and Singletary. You feel good about that? Yeah, I think it makes sense at this point. I mean, I think he dropped off last year. I know the offensive line had issues, but yeah, if you don't want to pay him and uh, you do have three other running backs, not that they're great options, but you know, you, maybe you roll with them and see, see what you can do. See, I have no problem with that, but I just don't like when teams seem to be committed to a guy. Oh, yeah, we're all in. He's our guy. And then all of a sudden they cut him. It's kind of like what the Giants did with Beckham. People aren't stupid. Don't tell us one thing and do another. Tell us something and do that something, and I think we can get behind that. Yeah, but when they sign Beckham, what are they supposed to say? Oh, we signed him to a long-term contract extension, but we might trade him in the first year or two. That's the but problem. You, when you signed him, you never thought they would trade him like that. That's why and Giant they, fans are so might, upset. They, but they might not have thought that either. Right? I mean, because why would they sign him long-term and then turn around and trade him? Because I think Pat Shermer couldn't handle it anymore. That, okay. There, then that, that might I truly believe Shermer went to get him and said, I can't deal with this anymore. And there you go. That's, that's the reason why. And then Gettleman Possibly. made one of the worst deals in the history of the NFL. Well, Larry yeah, Anderson for like Jeff that. Bagwell bad. That's how bad. Well, what if Beckham can't stay healthy? That is a concern with Beckham. All right, you still you even even an injured Beckham, you didn't still get enough for him. No, I agree. They didn't get enough. Yeah. All right, coming back, talking fantasy baseball when full time fantasy returns right after this. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800 Make it rain. You've got to lose before you understand how to win. And that's a case in point what's going on with Portland right now. That series against OKC, two years in a row not being able to get out of the first round as the higher seed. You know, those guys had to go through that in order to be able to understand how to elevate themselves in round one. And that's going to play a huge role here in game seven, I think. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, we're back. Here's what we need you to do. We have some orphans who need homes. 
I need you to do this. Go to playffwc.com right now, okay? When you do that, you're going to see this little blue box in the top corner. Click it. And then you're going to see Dynasty Orphans. Click it. All right? And then you're going to see what teams are available. You can adopt a team right now, okay? The cost is reasonable. You could be an owner and you can control your team and it's and it's a lot of fun and you're like your general manager of fantasy football team year round, okay? That's one thing I want you to do. Also remember, it's May Madness. May Madness at the Fantasy Football World Championship. If you deposit $200 right now, it holds your team for this coming season and it qualifies you for a lot of drawings including a free team into the Fantasy Football World Championship. And of course, we're excited about being out there in Las Vegas this year at the Palms Hotel and Casino, as we've been the last couple of years, Ronas. But I don't think people know about May Madness, Adam. May Madness is great. You sign up, you put a little deposit down, and you get in a drawing. There's like five or ten people who are going to win a free team this year. Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you do it? If you, Especially if you know you're planning to be out there in Vegas or you're going to be a participant online. Just put the deposit down now and get in a drawing where you can get a free team. And a lot of people like to have multiple teams, so why not get a free crack at it? Yeah, I mean, one, one world championship team is good. Two is even better. Three is even better. I'm telling you, look, look if you can dominate and win your league, you're getting 10000 And if you could be the best team overall, you can get $150,000. It is absolutely possible. So check out May Madness at playffwc.com. All right, Adam, let's get to a little uh, fantasy baseball here. This was an interesting tidbit. We talked about Danny Jansen earlier this week, and Blue Jays general manager Ross Atkins believes that all the work Danny Jansen's putting in on defense has impacted his ability to be a hitter. That seems like a very fair point to me. Well, I think it happens with all young catchers, which is why you often see it takes a long time for some catchers to really get going offensively as they have to deal with pitching staff so much. So I think we, I think pretty much everyone liked Jansen this year. He was pretty much a top 10 catcher everywhere in drafts. He was pretty much the top AO only guy, and he is absolutely flopped. So I've told people in 10, 12-team leagues they can cut him. Uh, I actually just cut him last week in a 12-team league. Uh, I kind of... Wish I didn't, just because another one of my catchers got hurt. But uh, look, Jansen's not producing. He's hitting 183, 261 OBP. He's got no home runs, four RBIs. He's been hitting consistently at the bottom of the order lately. So uh, I think you definitely, in one catcher leagues, you should have moved on already. In two catcher leagues, if there is a better option out there, uh, I think you can cut bait, even though we saw a glimpse of what he can do, and he had pretty good numbers in AAA. It's just not happening right now. All right, Tampa Bay gets a little good news. Austin Meadows is activated from the injured list, but they get a little bad news. Mike Zunino goes on the injured list. Is that a big loss for the Rays? No. Uh, Zunino is someone that's not going to hit for a high average, but he's got 20 homer power, and he was actually starting to heat up a little bit. Uh, but it's not going to be a crippling loss unless you're in an AL-only league and you just can't go and find anything on the waiver wire. Uh, I think we know what Zunino is. Last year, he had 201 with 20 home runs. So we knew he wasn't going to give us a good average, and uh, he was hitting 220 this year. All right, Seattle begins bringing up some of their young guys. D. Gordon gets injured. His right wrist is uh, not 100%. Shedlong and J.P. Crawford come up from the minor league. Shedlong coming over from the Red. Was it was he the Yankees, and he went to the Reds? Now he's with the, uh, the Mariners. And then on the other side there, it looks like Tim Beckham may lose his spot. Are you at all interested in Shedlong and J.P. Crawford? 
Yeah, I think in deeper formats for sure. Uh, like 15-team leagues, I would say, yeah. I'll probably be putting in some bids if I need some help in that spot. I think we all knew that you know Beckham just got off to a, a hot start and he wasn't going to sustain it, just like a lot of the Seattle Mariners players. We knew after where they opened, like, they, they didn't lose like any games early on, and now they've come back to the pack. Uh, it's not surprising. I don't think they have enough pitching, and all, all the bats were just sizzling at the same time, and they were going to cool off. So it was a matter of time. I think a lot of people felt J.P. Crawford could begin the year with the team. It didn't happen. They kept him in the minors. So, yeah, you know, with Gordon likely out, we don't know the extent. They're going to have more tests today, but it didn't look good. So there's an opening at second base, and then uh, if they take Beckham away from shortstop, that's two spots. So both these guys can get plenty of time potentially. You know, people may forget J.P. Crawford was one of the top minor leaguers in the Phillies organization until he couldn't hit the baseball, but maybe he gets another shot in Seattle and does better. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to live up to the expectations that some people had for him with his bat. I mean, he's 24 years old now, uh, doesn't have a ton of power, but he's got some speed, and he was hitting well at AAA. Uh, to start the year and uh, does have a, a pretty good eye at the plate in terms of drawing walks. So it uh, could be a little bit of a boost in OBP leagues. All right. So I know the simple answer to this question could be the ball is juiced. I, I, I get that. But maybe there's a different answer. How does a guy like Tommy Lastella all of a sudden have nine home runs when his entire career high is five? Uh, it probably does something have to do with the ball. But we've kind of seen this over the last few years where – Guys get an opportunity that didn't for a long time and all of a sudden just put it together. I mean, Luke Voigt's a, a perfect example there. Uh, a lot of people doubted him going into the year, and he just continues to hit. And you can't say, well, look at the Yankees lineup. He's got a lot of protection. They've had so many injuries, he's been forced to be a pillar of that team. Uh, so we've just seen a lot of breakouts late in the career. Justin Turner's another example. Nelson Cruz. A lot of years, people thought Nelson Cruz was a quad A player, and it did, took until like 30, 31 for him to get going. And I'm not saying that's what Lestella is, but... Uh, you know, he's always shown the ability to draw walks and be patient. Uh, he only had one home run last year in 192 plate appearances. But I think part of it is the ball and part of it is uh, a little growth here. I mean, he, he's striking a 5.7% of the time. In today's game, that's absurd. And I picked Lestella up in an NFBC auction about three weeks ago, and I had to drop him over the weekend because my bench is filled with injuries, and he got hurt. So I didn't know if he was going to play earlier in the week, and I'm in a position right now where I cannot afford to take a zero. I didn't want to drop him because, you know, he's got a little versatility. He was playing well. Now I know someone's probably going to spend 40 50 60 bucks on him this weekend. All right, I'm going to give you the name of I'm – I'm not going to give you the player. I'm going to give you the statistics, but you're Adam Ronas, and you're going to know who this player is because you're smart. Guy's got 113 at-bats. The guy has nine walks and five strikeouts and 113 at-bats. Who am I referring to? Uh, it sounds like, I don't know why you would ask me for Lestello, but, but I, he plays near him. Uh, Fletcher. Yep. David Fletcher. That's why you're Adam Ronis. Five strikeouts, nine walks and 113 at bats. The angels aren't striking out that much. They're a very pe pesky little team here. No, they are. And now they got Otani back too. uh, Fletcher has been hitting lead off a little bit lately. He was someone that I liked going into the year. I think I wound up drafting him uh, NFBC auction reserve round, but I had to cut him. I had so many injuries. I just couldn't hold him, and he wasn't playing much at the beginning of the year. And then I actually had him in the GST League, and I just cut him over the weekend, uh, which probably was not a good idea. I mean, he wasn't cracking my starting lineup, but he's got, I think, eligibility at second, third in a lot of leagues. He's not a power hitter. 
uh, but he can run a little bit. And if he hits leadoff, uh, you know, the run score could be good. He's got a pretty good average. He's at 310. Last year was 275 in 80 games. So he was on my radar at the beginning of the year. I think I had him ranked in the 20s for second baseman. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he's not going to give you a lot of power, but I think average runs and potentially steals could be pretty good. Well, Rudy Gamble was on him before the season started, and I'll tell you, with one more game in the outfield, he will qualify this year at second, third, and outfield. And those guys are very hard to find during the season where they, you could just plug and play him wherever you need him. Yes, uh, it's nice to have that flexibility, especially when you have so many injuries. And uh, that's one of the things with my great fantasy baseball invitational team, man. I got Profar's eligible, four spots, Peraza's second and short, Goodrum's got like first, second, and outfield. It's really useful when you get some of these injuries and you could just move these guys all around. All right, a name of a minor leaguer you know I like is Keston Hura. This guy's the real deal. He is a legit hitter. Uh, he was held back this year because the Brewers signed Mike Moustakis. But Travis Shaw is having a real hard time making contact, and there's a report that's saying that he's not going to be in the lineup of any games against the Cubs because the Cubs are going to throw three lefties. So you're going to see Shaw on the bench and Hernan Perez starting and Mike Moustakis playing third. Could this be a thing where Hura is going to get the call up sooner than later? It could, could be. I mean, if you're going to call him up, you got to play him. So I don't think they want to give up on Shaw yet. They're basically saying, all right, you're going to get three days to sit here. We got three left-handers. You're struggling against lefties, so sit, watch some video. It's clearly, he knows it. He's been saying he's just swinging and missing too much. So this is a team that obviously has designs of winning. They uh, are in contention for that division in the NL Central. So I think you will see people start to speculate and pick them up. Uh, I have already seen people pick up Jordan Alvarez over the last week or two. He is crushing the ball for Houston to minor league level. The biggest problem with him, he cannot play the outfield at all. So maybe they give him an opportunity to DH. But, yeah, you're starting to see people uh, stash those players, and I think here is going to be a guy that people start adding uh, this weekend. All right, but if you're, if you're Houston, you, you, you don't have no problem bring, dropping Tyler White and bringing up Jordan Alvarez. I mean, that guy can just – I mean, literally, isn't he hitting like 942 over the last month or something ridiculous like that? Tyler White? No, no, Alvarez. Like, wouldn't I? Yeah, wouldn't you be happy? To, right? Wouldn't you be happy to bench Tyler White as your DH? Uh, yeah. I don't know if they want the DH. I don't know what they're doing. Um, I don't know because you're saying if Alvarez is not good in the field, which I'm fine with, can't you just make him your regular DH? Uh, it's possible. I'm not sure what they're waiting for. He is definitely on a tear right now, and you would think at some point he will come up. Yeah, I mean, where's he? Let's see. Over the last, over the last 14 days, he's hitting 451. Adam, four home runs, 15 RBIs, 23 hits, and 51 at bats. Pretty awesome. Yeah, no, he's been sizzling in the minor leagues for basically all season long, and. Uh, I did see people start to add him in a couple of my leagues last weekend where he was eligible. And that guy, Cura, who I told you about, he's he, his last 14, his last seven days, he's hitting 455, 10 for 22. His last 14 days, 19 for 46. I mean, the guy can't, he, he can't miss. So at some point, when, when Travis Shaw was traded to Milwaukee, he became a boomer bust kind of hitter, right? He went from more power, lower the average, do those guys eventually flame out when you hit like that? Or do you just have to ride that wave when, it's, when they're hot? Well, yeah, I mean, they're going to be streaky. And we saw with Shaw last year. He went through some ups and downs there. But if they uh, – that's why I don't – if they didn't want Mustakas to sign, 
you know, they brought him a stock. So when you did that, you kind of said, all right, I don't know if we're going to have a spot for Hero this year. That's the biggest problem right now is where are you playing him? And as much as these guys are crushing it in the minor leagues, let's just remember that doesn't mean they're going to do it when they get to the majors. We just went through this with Carter Kiboom. He came up and was terrible. He wasn't good defensively, and he couldn't hit. So I, I know these guys are better prospects, but there's no guarantee they come up and continue to crush like that. I mean, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., there you go. I mean, that was can't miss. This guy's a lock. He's going to hit. He struggled, and a lot of it is because pitchers are pitching very cautiously to him. They're well aware of how good he is, and he's been patient, but he's not getting anything to hit right now. So you got to keep in mind that just because these guys are crushing at the minor leagues doesn't mean they come up and do the same. No, you said something interesting that these guys are not great necessarily in the field. Hure is not a great fielder at all, and I know that's why they wanted to keep him down to work on it. But at what point does the bat outweigh the glove? Is it until you can't wait anymore? Is it that if the guy's a butcher in the field? I mean, your experience watching baseball, at what point do teams just say, whatever, we need this guy in the lineup? Well, the Nationals' defense has been atrocious. It's let them down. It's cost them games. Uh, it hurt Helixson the other day, who's not great to begin with, but when you're making errors behind them, it's costing the team. So with the Nationals, they couldn't deal with it anymore because they're just falling well below 500. And with the Brewers... I mean, their offense is fine. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, could they use another bat? Any team could, but are they in desperate need uh, of getting another bat to this lineup right now? Probably not. Even Hernan Perez is not a bad player. I mean, he's filling in for Travis Shaw the next three days. So I don't know if there's an urgency there. And then also at this point, some of them might just wait till, till June. So I think these guys potentially could be June call-ups. Right, that, that makes a lot of sense as well. All right, let's start to turn our attention to tonight's slate. Uh, it's a big one. It's a huge one, so we're going to need some time to cover it. Uh, let's start with the Angels, who we've been talking about against the Baltimore Orioles. Dan Straley on the mound. That can never be a good thing against Trevor Cahill. Over-under is already 11, Ronis. Uh, do we start our Angels tonight? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've been hitting very well. They had a great game yesterday. And uh, this is a team that's uh, starting to heat up. So when you look at an Angels lineup, and there's no pools. There's Lestella, Trout, Otani, Simmons, Goodwin, Calhoun, LaCroix, Bauer, Fletcher. At what point do you like Otani? I mean, do you feel good about Simmons batting fourth? I mean, wh where do you look if you're playing DFS? Wh what guys do you look at in a lineup like that? Yeah, I don't think I'm ready to play Otani yet. Uh, I know he had a couple hits yesterday. I think it was two for four. So I'm not ready to play him yet. So I think I'm just taking pieces here. I mean, Trout's always in play. Obviously, Listella, if he's cheap, I mean, in the two home runs yesterday. Uh, this, it's not the best team to stack because they don't have a ton of power. Right. I mean, you're you're very mean, rarely getting it right. Simmons is probably going to be popular tonight just because he's going against Straley and hitting cleanup. So... Right, he, he is going to be popular. I, I think Goodwin's a little sneaky tonight. Very good against righties, Ronis. He's been pretty good this year. I was trying to pick him up in the league a couple weeks ago, and I got outbid. All right, White Sox against Toronto. Dylan Covey against Daniel Hudson. How many innings? It's uh, over-under uh, over is nine and a half. Toronto favored by 135. How many innings do you expect Hudson to go? Is he just going to be an opener? Yeah, well, Clay Buckholz was supposed to start. He got scratched. Uh, he's got an injury. So, yeah, this will be a bullpen game tonight for Toronto. So does that make you like the White Sox more? Yeah, but 
Probably not a ton. Um, I don't think they're a team I would stack. Let me give you a guy who just came up at him and tell me if you like him because I liked him last year. Charlie Tilson. A lot of speed. I mean, can make some contact. Are you interested in him in Fab this week? Not in DFS because all he does is, is run. Uh, and seasonal, you like him at all? In a 15-team league, if I needed some speed, I might. Uh, but he just offers very, very little uh, outside of the speed category. So that's my only concern with him. And not much power there. So if you need some speed, because that's a tight category. If you look at the category now, you'll see it's bunched up. It's like 28 and 26. 20. It's a real tight category. And that's why I've always said what you do is you trade for that one-dimensional speed guy midway through the year instead of drafting him and investing a lot of draft capital. Because usually if someone is drafting that Billy Hamilton, D. Gordon type, they probably get off to a nice lead in speed. And they're probably looking to dish off that player at some point, usually midway through the year. They're like, okay, I'm near the top in speed and I can maintain it. Maybe I lose a point or two. But if I can pick up some power or, or RBIs or a pitcher, they're more willing to move that player. So I think that's the time where you can capitalize and – if you can get Tilson off the waiver wire for cheap while he's playing, I think he can give you some boost in steals. He already has two in four games. I would just like Tilson a lot more batting leadoff than batting eighth or ninth. Yeah, that doesn't help either because that means run scored or low. At least you want to get something in addition to the steals if you're not getting power in RBIs. Exactly, exactly. So I don't hate Tilson. you got to keep my eye on him this weekend. All right, guys, we will continue talking about the night slate. It's a big night in MLB DFS. We promise we'll get you there, all right? We're full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto with Adam Ronas, and we'll be back right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies, to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS. WeatherTech.com, proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number 1. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Fantasy. Close to the edge here with you, Darvish, Greg. I'm not going to drop him yet, but there's nobody more frustrating than to watch in baseball right now as a starting pitcher. I had a few write-in votes yesterday for Noah Syndergaard. I can see why that's frustrating, but dude, you Darvish is just an absolute mess, Mike. If you owned you Darvish, even in a 12-team league, would you drop him? It's very close. I'm, I'm getting to the point where you are. I don't think I'm there yet. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. 
<laughs> All right, we're back from full-time fantasy. I'm giving out Rona some uh, <laughs> prescriptive advice there for this weekend. Yeah, Doc so, said get hammered, and if you still have pain, then it's a problem. So Doc it's wants true. to get, get uh, lit tonight on some alcohol. I mean, I can start drinking now. I got some Cafe Patron about 10 feet from me. Hello. Look, here's what, everybody out there. Listen to what I'm telling you. If you have little aches and pains, something you pulled something, you know, have a couple of glasses of wine. If you don't feel it after the couple of glasses of wine, you're fine. If you still feel the pain out with the, after the couple of glasses of wine, you're injured. Get to the doctor. Okay, that's what I'm just saying. Because you know, when you lose your, uh, you know, when you're feeling a little happy, things tend to go away. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm, I'm here for you, Ronas. Thanks, man. I appreciate but, that. But you need to get taken care of. God forbid it's something, and then you're playing it. What if you're playing injured and you don't know how injured you are? Uh, I, I've been holding off that it gets better, but I, I don't think I can play right now. If the game was today, I don't think I can go. Like I was going to you know, go down to the field, try and throw, try and swing. It's so weird because I do the overhand motion to throw. I'm fine. I swing, fine. But in other different areas, it's, it's painful. Give me, so. a mo- give me a motion that you do that hurts you. Well, my arms just sit at the side regularly. But the pain oh, really? went from, just... like, the front of the shoulder to now the back right. and in the neck. From 1 to 10, how bad is it? 8. Ooh, you better go to the doctor, dude. Man, it's been a week. I'm so, just so used to things going away on their own. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's when you were 25, Ronus. Did you I know what I had last year? This? Did I ever tell you I, that I had frozen shoulder last year? What did is I, that? Did I tell, did I tell? I couldn't. I couldn't move my arm back. I couldn't. I couldn't wash. I, I couldn't wash from my left hand to my. You know how you wash. You take soap in your left hand. You wash the right side of your body. I couldn't do it. Yeah. See, it's not that severe. And what I did, I was watching. I thought it was rotator cuff because I've had a shoulder issue for a couple of years now. Only when I play ball. Like there were times last year, the last two years, where I would make a throw and my arm would go numb for five seconds. Mm. So I, I thought it was an impingement or rotator cuff, but. Once I stopped playing, it was fine. But now uh, this has been bothering me for over a week. And I think there was the last time I played, which is two weeks ago, I was in the outfield, and all of a sudden I felt like a sharp pain in my neck. And I was like, hmm. All right, so I'm going to tell you something really weird. All right, years ago, I have a pain in my shoulder. And I go to the New York Jets team doctor. All right, and I'm like, all right. And this guy's very smart, right? And he says to me, do you sleep with your arm above your head at night? And I said, yes. He goes, don't do that anymore. Do you sleep with your arms above your head at all? Above my head? You know, like, you know how no, you put your arm behind that's... your back or over your head or something like that? Keep your arm low at night. Don't raise it above your head. And that's what he said it was from for you? Mm-hmm. That was, yeah, that was years ago. Okay. The frozen shoulder is different. I'm just giving you things. It can be something as basic as that. Right. Yeah, no, I just watched some video, did some tests where they said you sh- this can give you an idea if it's a rotator cuff, and it, I didn't have pain with any of them. And then there was something with a pinched nerve, and that's where I said, yeah, I kind of feel it there. Next time your girlfriend's over the house, just tell her if your arm is above your head at night to move it down. Try Start She'll with that. Sleepy. She's asleep before <laughs> me, man. <laughs> she oh, doesn't get up in the middle of the night and look at you and, say, and stare at how, how gorgeous you are? Probably. She has said that, which is kind of scary. It's like, oh, I love you. So cute when you're sleeping. I'm like, what? <laughs> so Don't please move my like shoulder. Down. Move my arm down, please. <laughs> Make sure that I'm sleeping attention. in the correct position, okay? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you love me, you'll make sure that I'm not hurting myself in bed. 
All right, yeah, I'm that's here it. It's dangerous. You can get hurt in bed, man. The way you sleep. That, I think that's happened to me a lot, like just sleeping wrong. No, but it's tr there's, there's truth to that. Now, the Jets aren't a very good team, Ronis, but I think the doctor was good. Let's hope so. I'm not going to the Mets team doctors. I can tell you that. <laughs> exactly. All right, Yankees against the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Domingo Herman, I love that guy against Tyler Glasnow. I love that guy too. Two guys I love. I'm not uh, Tampa Bay minus 170. That seems to be a little high, but the over under seven. I think this is saying start pitchers maybe, but don't play these guys. Yeah, I think it's really difficult to go with any of these bats. And I know they'll get into the bullpen and things can change, but man, Glasnow has just been tremendous. I wrote an article about him being a breakout pitcher this year, but my goodness, he's been beyond my expectations and I'm just glad I have him in a few leagues it was difficult to get him though because his price started to really go up and then he had like one of his last appearances in the spring against the Yankees he just walked a ton of guys and I think started people started to get worried he's walked like no one this year that's the amazing part about him he had major issues with walks and now he's not walking anyone so he's been so good obviously the Yankees lineup is not what it once was but it's still uh it's still a a decent offense that you don't go, oh, I'm going to pick on them. Uh, and Herman has been tremendous, man. You know, I wrote about him uh, leading off the weekend recap on Monday, and he has been a savior for them. I don't think people realize how good he has been. You know, They've obviously needed him to step up with Severino out, and then now, especially with Paxton out too, Herman's just been filthy. Six and one with a 2.35 ERA. So, yeah, both these pitchers uh, are in play tonight, but – Probably not, not as high as you would think just because they're going against each other and th they right. could both leave in a 1-1, 2-2 game and not get a decision. All right, Seattle's playing Boston. Eric Swanson against Eduardo Rodriguez. I like Boston's minus 190, 10 over under. I tend to like Eduardo at home, even though the Mariners are decent against lefties, but I do like the Boston uh, Red Sox against Swanson. So I may load up on, on Eduardo, Erod, and the Red Sox. I don't think Eduardo is going to be popular. I think people look at him and like, oh, he's so frustrating. He's inconsistent. But he is a guy that can go out there and get you eight, nine strikeouts. You know, I still think he can get better. You know, actually, he's someone that I would buy low on in season-long leagues. I just think he's better than what he's shown so far. We have seen the Red Sox play better. So I think you'll get him at low ownership tonight because I just don't – I think people – I see like four or five pitchers that people are going to go to before Eduardo. So I think in tournament you're going to get him at low ownership. All right, pa Miami and the Mets, Pablo Lopez against Zach Wheels up. Wheeler, minus 190, over and under seven. Why wouldn't I play Zach Wheeler tonight, Ronos? Yeah, I mean, it's the Marlins. They're just a bad offense. It doesn't matter who they're going up against. But I will say this. It's talked about it yesterday. You Darvish is so bad, he can't even go five innings against the Marlins. I mean, that's <laughs> pathetic. He went four innings yesterday. I, w I had the game on during the show, and I'm like, this guy is so frustrating to watch because – all the numbers show that he should be better. His velocity is fine. He gets a lot of swings and misses. He doesn't allow hard contact. He can't find the strike zone. I mean, six batters, you walk against the Marlins. So I don't think that should be an issue with Wheeler. Uh, I know he's been up and down this year, but Wheeler can go out there tonight and strike out 10 over seven innings. All right, Detroit against Minnesota, minus 245 with Minnesota, over-under is nine. Tyson Ross against Jake Overeasy. I know Overeasy was absolutely outrageous the last time he pitched, but that's telling me to stay far away from tonight, even though I do like the twin stack. 
I do like the twin stack, and uh, I do like Odorizzi. I mean, I think he's been a different pitcher since coming to Minnesota. We've seen him improve. We've seen Martin Perez improve. So the Tigers lineup is just so bad, man, and they strike out a lot, especially against right-handed pitchers. So I understand your theory here, but I think Odorizzi is in a good spot uh, to get a win. What about Kristen Stewart as a one-off? Uh, I mean, he's got some power. I know he just came back yesterday. Uh, I got to think he's cheap, right? Yeah, he's dirt cheap. Uh, I can see it. Okay. All right, Texas against Houston. Houston minus 275 over under 8.5. Lance Lynn against Justin Verlander. I know I'm supposed to go Verlander here, but I will once again fade him. I don't like picking on Texas, Ronas. Yeah, I don't think you have to. Uh, they're always capable of going off, more so in Texas. Houston's more of a pitcher's park. But, yeah, I don't think you have to pay up for Verlander tonight. I think maybe in, he in cash games, maybe that makes you feel more comfortable. But I don't think you need to do it tonight. I think they're uh, a solid group on the slate, so I don't think you need to go to Verlander tonight. All right, Phillies against the Royals. Jake Arrieta against Homer Bailey, minus 145. Uh, Phillies, nine is over-under. I like Arietta, but I don't want him in an American League park. Yeah, and the Royals don't strike out a lot either, and Arietta's strikeout numbers have been down. Uh, they've been better lately. Uh, he has at least seven strikeouts in two of his last three starts, but one came against the Marlins, one came against the cold-hitting Mets team. Uh, so he's been better, but again, I think he's not in my top five tonight. I think you can go with him, but... He's not one of my top choices. All right, Pittsburgh against the Cardinals. Cardinals minus 160 over and under 8.5. Trevor Williams against Adam Wainwright. I don't trust Wainwright at all, but I don't know if I trust the Pirates stack. I don't see this being a high-scoring game, Adam. Yeah, over-under is 8.5 here. Uh, I don't trust either pitcher. Uh, Cardinals put up a ton of runs last night. Uh, Pirates, you know, have some... If you can afford it, I don't know if I do it in this spot, but there'll be a night where you like the Marte, Polanco, Bell stack. But uh, I think it's in play tonight, but not a priority. All right, San Diego goes to Colorado against the uh, the Rockies. Eric Lauer against Herman Marquez. Colorado minus 180, over and under 10. Is this a night to light up your Rockies? Uh, And you like Marquez, by the way. No, I can't. I can't trust them at home yet. Uh, yesterday it was as cold as hell, and they put up what twenty three runs. Uh, tonight it's a little bit warmer. It looks like forty eight. Uh, I think you can go with your some of the Rockies right handed bats against Lauer. I mean, Arenado is on fire, uh, and he hasn't even played a lot of home games. Story. Uh, so I think you can go with some of the right handed bats for Rockies, but we all know they're expensive. All right, Cleveland against Oakland. Cody Anderson against Frankie Montas. Is this an A stack because it's minus 165 and eight and a half runs? Yeah, I think you can go with an A stack. You know, you have to wait and see if Chris Davis is in the lineup. Uh, He hasn't been healthy. Actually, hasn't homered, I think, since April 13th. Uh, So I think you can look at some of the A's bats here against Anderson. All right, Atlanta against Arizona, Julio Tehran against Zach Greinke. Arizona only a minus 140 over and under 8.5. I tend to like uh, picking on Tehran on the road. What about a Diamondback stack, Adam? Yeah, I'm not a huge Tehran fan at all, and he's so prone to blow-ups. And Arizona's been a pretty good offensive team this year, so I do think you can stack against them. 
All right, Washington against the Dodgers. Anibal Sanchez against Kenta Maeda. Dodgers minus 220, eight runs. Can we, do we go Maeda? Will he pitch enough innings? Or do we like a Dodger stack? Definitely Dodger stack. Uh, Anibal Sanchez has been a little bit better as far as getting strikeouts, but still, uh, whip has been high. Obviously, the Dodgers at home and some of those left-handed bats. So, got to like uh, you know Jock Peterson, Bellinger, Justin Turner's on fire right now. It's, it was due to come, and I hope people bought low on him or didn't give up. I remember someone asking a question on the message board about trading Turner. I'm like, I wouldn't do it. It was like three, four days ago. I'm like, you know I love Justin Turner. <laughs> and all the underlying numbers were fine. It's just the power wasn't there. And then all of a sudden, uh, the power's been there. So even though it is uh, a righty, I think Justin Turner's in play tonight, too. I don't – how much has his price gone up? I remember Tuesday he was 36 on DK. I yeah, I'm sure it's more than that. I haven't checked. It's got to be, sure yeah. It's more than that. All right, last one for us here is the Reds against the Giants. Luis Castillo, who's been arguably a Cy Young candidate against Drek, I'm sorry, Derek Rodriguez, minus 150 for Cincinnati, 7.5. Am I just starting Castillo tonight without any question? Yeah, look, it's hard not to, and it's a possibility he goes out there and isn't great, but everything points to him having great success. He's been pitching great every game this year. Now he goes to a favorable ballpark against one of the worst offenses, the biggest concern is, can he get a W? Because the Reds' offense has been dreadful, too. They've shown signs of picking it up at times. But overall, they've been a disappointment. Joey Votto is doing nothing. Yasiel Puig is still cold. They keep shuffling the lineup. You know, one day, Senzel is leadoff. The next day, he's sixth. Uh, Dietrich has been hot. And, you know, sometimes he's in the lineup. Sometimes he's not. So that's the biggest concern is, will they be able to score enough runs? And, you know, Rodriguez... Is not a good pitcher, but the Reds' offense is capable of being shut down against anyone. But I don't see what the argument against Castillo is. Like, I, I just don't. I mean, so do you, you like you like Wheeler tonight? You like Castillo? You like Montas? You like Odorizzi? Who's your guy tonight? Yeah, I like all of them. Uh, if I'm picking one, I think I just I don't see how I can go against Castillo right now against a terrible offense in in a pitcher's park. I mean, who's your second guy? Uh. <laughs> Wheeler. Yeah, I was thinking that too. When I first looked at the slate, I thought Castillo Wheeler. But I do like Eduardo a little bit. I think he's sneaky, especially with Shed Long and J.P. Crawford in that lineup. Who's to say they're going to hit? He is sneaky because people don't want to go to him. They're frustrated. He's inconsistent. The ERA is over five. But he can go out there and give you six innings of nine strikeouts and two runs. He can do it. Uh, again, I'm still a fan of him. I've been frustrated with the inconsistency. But... I don't think he's going to be highly owned tonight. I just think people are going to look and they're going to go Castillo. They're going to go Wheeler. They're going to go Verlander. They're going to go Odorizzi. Maybe some people mix in Arietta. So I just think Rodriguez, is, he's got to be low owned tonight. What about, Mon what about Montas against the Indians? Do you, you think the Indians' offense is getting a little better? Uh, it is. It still sucks. I mean, it's Lindor and Ramirez, Santana. But that's about it. I mean, it's just such, it's a lot of wink links in there. So Jake Bowers Mont has been a dog too. Yeah. So I think, yeah, Montas has been pretty good. So yeah, I think he's in play too. Who's your favorite stack tonight? I'm thinking Dodgers, Diamondbacks. Twins. Twins. Yeah. Yeah. yeah twins are mashing. They're at home. Tyson Ross. He's been terrible. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the twins are just uh, unbelievable right now. I think my sneaky stack, I'm trying to think my, who's my sneaky stack tonight, Ronos. Uh, maybe are the A's sneaky, or is that just a, an obvious one? Uh, 
No, I don't know. I don't think they're too obvious. I don't know if a lot of people go in there tonight. I guess that's Cody Anderson. They're home. Would you go Coors Field tonight, or is that one? Is that a, a, a not a Coors night? Do you spend up for Coors tonight? Uh, maybe on two bats. I don't know if I can get in the. I mean, if it depends on how cheap you're going down at pitching. See, I do that sometimes on a Coors night. I'll just get one or two guys. Like I'll put Story or Arenado just to have somebody. Right. Yeah. You don't want to be totally away from it. Uh, right. In case Story hits two home runs tonight, I want a piece of it. Yeah, I think Story Arenado will be the guys people look at. Uh, interested to see if Dahl's in the lineup tonight. He might not be, so maybe Tapia has been pretty good. Uh, Ionetta, if he's in there, but I'm sure his price is going to be too high. Yeah, I know. All right, any Mother's Day uh, activities? Uh, I will be seeing my mom Saturday instead uh, due to softball on Sunday, which I'm still not sure if I can play. <laughs> look at you, always the rebel, seeing your mother on Saturday and not Sunday. Come on, Ronis. How? What's the difference? <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. And Sunday's more chaos. The restaurants are crowded. She right. doesn't want to deal with that. Will you take your mother out, or will you just come home and eat dinner at her house? Oh, no, we're going out. Oh, that's look at you. You're so, so nice. I'm not even seeing my mom this weekend. I should, but we're not. Too far. Like yeah, I mean... Away. Yeah, I mean, look, the, I mean, it, my mom's pretty easy to, to please. She'll just be like, yeah, no, I'm fine going here. So it's just easier on Saturday. Okay. Well, I hope Everything's you have a good time crowded on Sunday. You know oh, that. You got to deal with reservations, two-hour waits. Who wants to deal with that? <laughs> it's, a, it's a busy day. All right, guys. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there and to all your fathers. Be good to, you, to your wives. All right, guys. This is Dr. Orsing. Be well. Take care. Back after this.